This is the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel, and it's episode number 84. Welcome to the Live Life Happy Podcast with Andrea Seidel. We're all about highlighting self-help, positive psychology, and books on well-being. We share the content and actionable advice so you can make normal life extraordinary. We are a community of lifelong learners, high achievers, and busy people. Get ready for your download so you can live life happy. I'm your host and addicted to reading, Andrea Seidel. Hey there, Andrea here. I hope you're doing amazing. Here we are. We are doing another bonus episode. This is part of our Struggle Well series, and it's all about using the science and art of positive psychology to help us struggle well. So again, this is a bonus episode. It's not your typical episode. So if this is your first time here, I normally pick one book and I highlight the book. I suck out all the actionable nuggets and I provide you with a wonderful way to turn that knowledge into action. Well, Today, what I've done is I have a collaboration of multiple books, and um, I will be highlighting such books as Positivity by Barbara Fredrickson, The Resilience Factor by Dr. Cree. Dr. Karen Revick, and even uh, we will touch on some of the book from Dr. Kristen Neff, which is about stop beating yourself up. And this podcast is so exciting because it's kind of a collaboration and it's just allowing you to really use the science and art of positive psychology in order to struggle well, because let's face it, life is imperfect and things show up. And sometimes we just need some actionable nuggets to help us so that we can struggle well and flourish as humans. Okay. So my name is Andrea. I'm so happy that you're joining us. And if you've been coming for a long time, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all your support and writing a review and subscribing because you know what, if you subscribe, you get these podcasts right into your downloads. Like you literally get it. As soon as I put them out into the world, you will get access to these wonderful episodes. So thank you so much for joining us. So today we're going to talk about leveraging positivity and befriending negativity. I'm so excited because this is basically, you know, what positive psychology is all about. (laughs) So the purpose of today's episode is to really help us to feel empowered so that we can get greater understanding of how we can control our emotional life. So this is all about gaining more control over our emotional life. These skills will literally prepare us for staying solution focused to really empower us so that we can move through life and life challenges as they come our way. So today is a great episode because it's really about, you know, embracing emotions. Like they have the ability to help. We have the ability rather to help regulate them and that can really, um, help us. Emotions make us uniquely human. (laughs) We are all human. So all emotions serve as function. So we can flourish when we experience our positive emotions and they're greater than experiencing our negative emotions. So it's not about, you know, pretending negative emotions aren't there and sticking your head in the sand. And it's not like positive psychology is a happy ology where you forget, try and not have any negative emotions. That's not what it's about. It's really about how we can improve that ratio so we can experience more positive emotions and have more positive emotions greater than our experience of negative emotions. And one way that we can do that is by gaining emotional intelligence. And so we're going to talk a little bit about emotional intelligence and 
Um, the capacity of just being aware and in control of our emotions um, and just being able to express our emotions and handle ourselves in interpersonal relationships in an effective way, that is basically what emotional intelligence is. So according to the book, The Resilience Factor, and this is by Dr. Karen Revick, um, this book is so great. Uh, the whole philosophy around this is so powerful. Um, it, there is is basically emotional regulation is the first of the seven top factors of resilience. So in order for us to be resilient and bounce back, uh, one of the most important factors of resilience is emotional regulation or emotion regulation. This is so important, right? It helps us in so many ways just knowing this. So just like we think of health, you know, we eat, we digest, and we repel our waste. Um, if we're not doing that with our emotions, then things will get stuck. And that's the same thing is if we're not properly digesting the food that we eat, uh, in, when we think of health and digestion, uh, and we're not properly repelling the waste, things would get stuck, right? Our digestion would stop. So the same thing happens and applies to our emotions. So we really do need to learn how to digest, how to release them, how to keep moving. So being positive is not a happyology, like I said. So where positive emotions are good and negative emotions are bad, that's not the case. It's more about focusing on increasing your positive emotions when you're going through, you know, even struggle, um, recognize that negative emotions are there for a reason. So the reality is that we're all human and emotions are not fixed. They're very fluid. So emotions themselves are not problematic. So it's it's not bad to have negative emotions. Um, when it be, what becomes a problem is if we don't know how to work with them, if we don't know how to process or digest them, that's when they become problems. So when you don't know how to work with your emotions, then they become troublesome. So the whole idea with emotional intelligence is really gaining this personal mastery about you know. Um, like focusing on your self-awareness, focusing on having some self-compassion, and then you can offer self-care. And this is a really nice cycle of well-being. So just that awareness, awareness of your emotions and, and acknowledging that you're human, this idea of self-compassion is key because then you're going to be better able to take good care of yourself. So there's some activities to gain awareness and to gain uh, emotional intelligence. So one of the exercises that I love to do is really think about it. Like, how are you? We ask that question all the time to, you know, on a regular basis, like, how are you? Like, but the reality is, is that you want to really ask yourself that, how are you in this moment? What are your emotions? What do you notice? Um, really, where do you feel those emotions in your body? And this is so important is to really, to gain emotional intelligence, we need to gain this self-awareness, this awareness of what it is that we are feeling. Another ex exercise that you could do is list possible emotions, like sit down for like three minutes and then think about 
possible positive emotions that you can have and then write them all down. And also think about possible negative emotions that you can have like anger, disgust, guilt, fear, whatever comes up for you, happiness, joy, excitement, enthusiasm. Think about as many positive emotions and write them down. Like take three minutes to do this. And then what's cool is that you can go into that list and circle how many of those emotions that you came up with were positive emotions. And then also notice how many of those were negative emotions like anger, worry, sadness. Um, So the idea here is you can take this opportunity to investigate and list possible emotions. And just this increases our self-awareness. So, so, um, so this idea of emotional intelligence is becoming more aware of possible emotions. So this self-awareness then What's cool is you can also go into um, really recognizing where you might embody this in your body. Like, where do you feel? Where do you embody? How do you embody emotions? So, um, a really awesome exercise that my one of my teachers, Amelia Jivataskia, in her Bounce Back Better program, uh, she has these little gingerbread cutout versions of people. And it's like, you think of an emotion like anger, and then you actually color it in. Like, where do you feel that anger in your body? And for me, anger is in my jaw, it's in my fists and it's red. (laughs) So it's like, it's that idea is becoming more aware. Um, sadness, where do you feel that in your body and what color is it? For me, I think it's green and it's in my, my heart and it's in my stomach. Um, fear is in my stomach 100%. And I think it's more like a brown color. So the idea is just becoming more aware and increasing this ability to recognize emotions and where you feel them in the body. Where do you feel excitement in your body? Where do you feel happiness? I mean, I think excitement is um, yellow and it's actually expanding beyond my head and in my cheeks and uh, in my eyes, and I feel it in my heart as well. So do the exercise. It's so amazing because then it's important because then you'll be better able to name emotions. You'll be better able to connect with the, the what the ratio is. Even if you're listing possible emotions, negative and positive, you'll see what your maybe your positivity ratio is. Um, and there's actually, um, you can take a positivity ratio test, which is at positivityratio.com. And it's, it's a really fantastic exercise. So taking this time to name that emotion and really learn what possible emotions there are, uh, this is part of emotional intelligence. This is the part of gaining an awareness of emotions, how they feel in your body. What do they, what do they feel like, look like, and how do they show up for you? So it's really important. This is the first step, one of the steps to emotional intelligence, all right? What what are the emotions like for you and how frequently do you experience them? You could even pull up a list of emotions and think about how frequently you experience it. Where do you feel it in your body? How is that expressed? So this emotional awareness means just knowing when you, what you are feeling in 
the present moment in yourself and, and just investigate that. It's about closely uh, connecting to this emotional literacy, if you will. So it just basically means that you're going to be able to label your feelings, right? So if you're like sitting there and you're thinking, oh my gosh, right? And it, you're upset about something, but you don't know the words to articulate your feelings, then it's going to be really, really hard to express it. So having more words in order to express what you're feeling is one of the first steps to emotional intelligence and to managing emotions. So that is the self-awareness piece. What's coming up for you? What are the emotions you're experiencing? What are possible emotions? Increasing that emotional literacy so that you are able to express what's going on for you. So it's really important, right? So you being able to be able to label your feelings and then having the specific words to express it. All right. So then, um, I wanted to talk about the evolutionary role of emotions. This is what this kind of humanizes it to give us a little bit more awareness. So in order to gain more awareness, um, if we know the evolutionary role at play with our emotions, like for thousands of years, our brains have evolved and our brains consist of two parts. We have more of an emotional brain, which sometimes is referred to as the lizard brain or the reptilian brain. And then we also have on top of that, a more new brain or a rational brain also called called your neocortex. And so we have to remember that these two brains kind they they don't really work together. So the lizard or the emotional reptilian brain is essential for our survival. It's a, it's really important for us to keep us safe. Whereas the rational brain is more a higher function. It's the executive part of our brain. It's the part of the brain that helps us ration and reason. And the reason I bring this up is because what happens is oftentimes our reptilian or lizard brain takes over. It's kind of, it, it takes over the modern brain and it takes over and they kind of fight with each other. So knowing this is if we're in the emotional part of our brain and we know this, the function that it serves, it kind of humanizes it all. So this lizard part of our brain is there to actually keep us safe, to protect us, right? So sometimes this lizard brain, the emotional part of our brain is pumping so hard and it takes over that rational part of our brain. You know, you've been so, if you ever thought of a time where you're really stressed out and like you are stressed to the max that like you're not thinking straight, like for you to make executive decisions, it's not going to happen because that, that stress response or that, um, emotional part of our brain is active. So negative emotions, um, they really do serve as an evolutionary role. So it's for protection, it's for survival, and we need these emotions. Think about if we didn't have any worry, if we didn't have any anger, or we didn't have any feelings of guilt to keep us safe, think about what a world would look like without that, (laughs) right? If we weren't worried at all, or we didn't sense that we have any fear, um, we would be doing a lot of things that may not be safe for us. So negative emotions, they really do serve as a role and a function. And they, in the key, um, 
The key though, is to recognize that negative emotions are important, but the only time that they become a problem is if we get stuck in that emotional part of our brain. So we have to basically learn how we can work with both parts of our brain and just recognizing the role that evolutionary evolution has played and that we do have these kind of two brains, um, like working against each other, uh, it's important and it kind of humanizes it all. It really allows us to exercise this idea of self-compassion and understand, okay, I understand why I got really, really, uh, fearful in that situation. Thank you, brain. You're keeping me safe. I am safe. Um, don't worry, you know, like that sort of thing. So a great exercise that you can do is think about how like think about an event that really triggered you. Uh, think about an event that was maybe really stressful. And what you can do is you can think about how your, um, like what, what does your emotional brain do? What's it, what's going on in that emotional part of your brain. And then also what does your rational brain do? So if you were to separate those two, like, you know, it's really amazing when you think about an event, like maybe, you're going uh, to do a speech and you forgot your USB with your whole entire PowerPoint presentation. (laughs) Okay. So what does your emotional brain do? Right? Uh, it goes into the stress response. It thinks, oh my gosh, it's like it's trying to keep you safe. It's fearful. It's worry. It's upset. And um, all these things, your blood is running through your body. And you're, you know, and then if you think, if you switch now into your rational brain, what does your rational brain do? Well, it thinks, okay. Uh, how can I access my PowerPoint presentation? Uh, can I quickly email it to myself and upload it to the computer at the place where I'm doing the presentation? You can see like just the two, it shows you that um, the emotional part of our brain tends to be response uh, reactive, whereas our rational brain, when we allow it to function, it can, it can really come up with solution and it's more rational. So do you notice the difference in how it feels to be in both of those brains and how your reaction might be very different and which one might be more productive. <laughs> I'm sure you can see it. All right. So then the whole idea here is to, t- uh, to experience when we're going through struggle and challenging times is first of all, that emotional awareness It's kind of gaining this awareness and, um, understanding, having an understanding, and then also this idea of self-compassion. So without understanding or having this self-awareness, we tend to criticize or judge ourselves. We tend to think, oh my God, why did I react like that? Um, we usually find ourselves having emotions that we, we criticize or judge. We kind of go into that place of uh, judgment when we're when we don't understand the whole premise of evolution and, uh, you know, that we're, that our, our brains are wired to respond in an emotional way. Um, and so I love, um, Dr. Kristen Neff's work on, she's the leading researcher of self-compassion. She's the author of stop beating yourself up. And she really talks about, you know, her, her full title of her book is stop beating yourself up and leave insecurity behind. And according to her, there are three, three components of self-compassion. It's 
treating yourself with kindness. It's all about sharing a common humanity that enables self-compassion. And it's about building mindfulness and an attunement to personal emotions. So as you can see, that attunement to your personal emotions is really important. But then that piece of of, of recognizing the humanity of it and, and allowing us to really know that, okay, this is, this is part of our brain. This is how our brains are wired and exercising this idea of self-compassion, but also to be kind to yourself. And this is so important, right? When we're going through struggle, when we're going through challenges, like uh, we're almost hard on ourselves. Like I should be working Well, you know, we're staying at home. How come everybody else is able to be productive and I'm not, <laughs> um, you know, like think things like that. We tend to go into a judgmental place when we have emotions that are maybe negative. And so the idea here is to practice self-compassion especially when we're going through struggle. So we tend to take the weight of the world on our shoulders. We think that we need, um, we think that we need to be hard on ourselves in order to be motivated. Um, and one of the examples is, you know, calling yourself fat and lazy. If you don't go to the gym, will not get you to go to the gym. It's not going to motivate you to get, go to the gym. So when we're hard on ourselves, we think, or when we have negative emotions or when we're hard on ourselves, we think that by by being hard on ourselves, it's going to motivate us, but really it doesn't. It has the opposite effect. Criticism has shown to undermine our motivation and contributes more to negative emotions. So the reason I bring this up is because today's all about emotional regulation. So if we're being hard on ourselves and judgmental, this criticism actually undermines motivation and it contributes to feeling more negative emotions. So self-compassion can actually help you to achieve your goals and to, it, it will actually, science has shown, to contribute to more positive emotions. So it's going to help with that ratio, Right. All right, so let's now talk about why feeling good or why positive emotions are really important. So it's that idea that the more we we are feeling good or we have positive emotions, if we increase that ratio to negative emotions, then it's going to really be powerful for us. Bottom line is negative emotions lower our energy while positive emotions lift our energy. And uh, Dr. Barbara Fredrickson, she um, she wrote the book Positivity, and this book is so powerful because she talks about the power of what good emotions have. So, what positive? Sorry, not good. What good? What good are positive emotions is exactly how she said it. So what good are positive emotions? And her science and her research has really shown that positive emotions, they actually are so important for us. So emotions enable us to survive. And so anger causes us, for example, to fight back. Whereas if we're feeling frustrated with our life, it's probably going to motivate us to make changes. So negative emotions, they really do perform a function, but positive emotions also serve a major function. So negative emotions, they create a downward spiral. Whereas Dr. Barbara Fredrickson, her research has shown that positive emotions create an upward spiral. So this is powerful, right? So negative emotions have a tendency to narrow, whereas positive emotions 
broaden us. So both emotions are very important. So a shift in our emotions will influence which way we're spiraling. Are we going to go up or are we going to go down? Are we going to narrow or are we going to broaden? So I love the book, The Upside of Your Dark Side is really about taking negative emotions and seeing that there's an upside to them as well. So negative emotions can help you um, be really determined. There's an upside sometimes to these negative emotions. And so think of a time where negative emotions have helped you. Can you think of a time? Um, it really does drive you and it motivates you. Um, I know what I do when I socially compare. It has a tendency to bring me down, but I'm able now to shift that negative emotion of envy and turn it into motivation for myself so that I can make my life better. And that really works for me. So this is the idea. It's the upside of the dark side. Um, so the problem is, is that think... so. So negative emotions aren't that aren't bad. They can actually be a good thing. Negative emotions, they can get us into trouble if we get if they make us feel stuck. If we get stuck in these negative emotions and we go down that downward spiral where we're narrowing. So the key is to knowing when you need negative emotions and knowing when you need positive emotions and being able to induce the state that you want. So there we go. That is the key. This is emotional intelligence at its best. It's really about leveraging positivity and befriending the negativity. So really embracing the negativity uh, and the negative emotions and know that they're there to keep us safe, to protect us, and we can actually use them in a positive way. Okay. So the other thing that I thought um, would be great to touch on is this idea of a negativity bias. And it's not just an idea, it's actually scientifically proven that we have what's called a negativity bias. And what this is, is it's another way to keep us safe. So what we want to do is deepen our understanding so we can have this self-awareness and we can have self-compassion and therefore self-care. Uh, it's really essential to be aware that we have what's called this negativity bias. And um, I want to give you an example and picture somebody wrote a review and this is what the review was. Well-written, funny, informative, uplifting, but it ran a little bit long. And this is from Amelia Zivitaskia's Bounce Back Better program. Um, this was one of her examples. Uh, it is incredible because did you notice like what part, if you received this review, what part would you focus on? If you're like most people, you probably focused on that comment. It ran a little too long. So that is an example of the negativity bias. Our brains are literally wired. There's a negativity bias that bad is stronger. It's We pay more attention to things that aren't as good. And we pay more attention to the things that might be negative. So this negativity bias says that emotions are not created equally. So our negative emotions actually have more impact. And so negative tends to get more of our attention. Our brains will default to negativity. Can you believe that? <laughs> so evolutionarily speaking, so missing the negative in life actually would have been really threatening, right? 
So missing the positives is not life-threatening. So that's why we have this negativity bias. So we miss out on feeling emotions. If we were to miss out, rather, on feeling emotions like anger, fear, worried, it could be totally dangerous to our existence, right, evolutionarily. And so we want to think about um, a couple episodes back, I talked about the growth mindset, and we talked about um, Marilee Adams and the choice map. And it was all about going back to the choice map. If remember from the growth mindset section, um, when we're a judger, when we go down the judging path, we that we have a tendency to go down that path a lot easier because we have this negativity bias. Whereas the learner path isn't as likely for us to go down. So it shows us that knowing that we have this negativity bias, it really allows us to practice more self-awareness and more self-compassion. Having this understanding that our brains are simply trying to protect us and it really allows us to gain this idea and this feeling of self-compassion and understanding, right? And to work with it. So this is the emotional intelligence piece. It's leveraging our positivity, but understanding and befriending the negativity. So just by understanding, it allows us to go to a place um, that we could actually reflect and and be aware. Okay. So I'm trying to think, you know, have you thought of a time that your negativity bias is at play? I know for me, it's like I get all these beautiful reviews on iTunes and I think I got one that was really, or even my book reviews on Amazon. (laughs) I got one, uh, I I didn't focus, you hardly focus on all the positive. And then I got one saying that the layout of the book was terrible and oh my gosh. And so I really panicked because it was actually because it was due to the printing that some pages were upside down, which has nothing to do with me. So I was so stressed out. And because I focused on that, I did end up focusing on that negative, um, feedback, but you know what? Bottom line, it kept me safe because I was able to, you know, write back to Amazon. I go, I got a one-star review because of printing and blah, 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 and which had nothing to do with the actual book. Okay. So that is, where does the negativity bias show up in your life? So then the next um, part I thought would be great to talk about is prioritizing positivity. Because if we know that we can really leverage positivity, if we increase that ratio um, that by Barbara Fredrickson talks about in positivity, uh, what happens is if we can, and also in the resilience factor by Dr. Karen Revick, uh, we can increase, we can leverage this positivity and make positivity a priority. And what we'll do is if we increase that ratio of more positive emotions to negative emotions, then we have, we will feel better. We'll be, feel more broadened. Um, so the idea is pursuing happiness can actually cause us to be less happy, a lot of people think that they have to pursue happiness. I want to be happy, want to be happy. But the reality is if you just prioritize positivity and positive emotions in your life and habitually taking actions in your everyday life to help you, then you will feel happier. So it's really important to think about pleasant events, to enhance um, feelings of pleasure throughout the day, uh, scheduling in pleasant events, uh, and and really focusing on feeling good as often as you can, but knowing that it's not going to happen all the time. 
So it's about taking the time to build happiness into your day on a day-to-day basis. That's how we leverage positivity. So shifting your habits to build more of these positive emotions is the key to your happiness. So taking time, you know, to pet your animal, your dogs, your cats, uh, write in a gratitude journal and really savor the good in your life and inducing positive emotions on a regular basis, letting yourself experience these positive emotions is the key. And it's, it isn't all that difficult. It's just about, you know, scheduling it into your day and figuring out times and ways that you can leverage this positivity, induce positive emotions. It's just like training a muscle, your emotional muscle. So the idea here is that we're going to really broaden and build ourselves and increase these positive emotions and try to induce positive emotions. And there's so many ways to do this. We're building this muscle of positive. We're making the positive muscle stronger and we're going to weaken our our negative emotion muscle a little bit. So the activities that you can do, you can do, um, one of my favorite things to do is just completing sentences that, that stem like the sentence stems of like, I feel hopeful when, and you finish the sentence. I am grateful for, and you finish the sentence. I am love. I am in love with, and you finish the sentence. I am inspired by, finish the sentence. I take pride in, I'm interested in, I'm amused by, I love to. Um, and all this will actually induce positive emotions because it puts you in that place. Another one of my favorite exercises, um, is the flip it exercise, which is you make a list of everything that you don't want, and then you go through and you just flip it into a positive of what you do want. So I don't want my house to be a mess. Sounds very different when you say, I love my house tidy and organized. Uh, And you can see how just that flip is very powerful. It puts you more into the positive emotions instead of negatives. So flip it exercise is really cool, especially catching yourself, right? Self-awareness is the key to this, is being aware when you're thinking about what you don't want. Um, it's, it's really, really powerful. I love that exercise. Okay. So another exercise, and it's known within the positive psychology world is the power of gratitude. So this is one of the most powerful emotions, gratitude and science has shown that if we can cultivate gratitude, um, is a really strong intervention that can help you increase and enhance your positive emotions. And so, you know, what are you grateful for? Good things happen been all the time, all around us, and we can, we can find them. So the idea is to really broaden yourself here. So gratitude is, um, is, is just a feeling and noticing and appreciating and feeling like you're the recipient of something, um, and, or something wonderful. Uh, and it's really important. So gratitude is just it's one of many emotions, right? So gratitude is so powerful and it's a powerful, positive emotion. So what are you grateful for? Gratitude creates that upward spiral. 
You can increase your experience of positive emotions just by being grateful and expressing gratitude. So one of the exercises is um, creating a gratitude journal and adding to it every day, but not just saying why you're grateful for something, also adding why. Another exercise that's so fun is called the gratitude ping pong, where you do it with a partner or a team or a group, and you take a ping pong, you just pass it on, and as you pass it back and forth or around, uh, you just express something that you're grateful for and you keep going, keep going, keep going. Journaling of course has been shown to be powerful. And one of the exercises is called three good things and why, and you just make a list of three good things. And that has maybe happened to you in the past 24 hours. And you do that every single day, if you can just keep and how, how you contributed to that great thing, right? <laughs> so those are powerful ways to leverage positivity, to really prioritize positive emotion. And, um, I hope this was helpful. So this is basically, um, enhancing our understanding of our emotions. They help us so that we, we can make our emotions healthier so that we can become more resilient. We can become more masterful in our lives. And so just by gaining this emotional intelligence, being able to have self-awareness and then exercise self-compassion and really knowing where these emotions come from. It's part of our evolution. It's part of the two brain part, right? That we talked about. And then it's about what can we do to embrace uh, and befriend negativity and know that negative emotions are there to keep us safe and and for our survival. But then sometimes these negative emotions can actually be really motivating, And then how can we leverage positivity? How can we increase that ratio of positive emotions? So the key is to begin noticing and naming and navigating your emotions and then prioritizing these positivity moments of building that positive emotion muscle. And then one of the best positive emotions is gratitude, expressing it, feeling it, um, and journaling about it. So emotions, And our ability to regulate them is the key to feeling happy and feeling good and to resilience and human flourishing. So all emotions, you want to remember, they serve a function. Positive emotions tend to broaden us. Negative emotions tend to narrow us. So we flourish when we experience positive emotions greater than when we experience negative emotions. And knowing that, we can use that to our advantage. That's it, my friends. I hope you enjoyed today's bonus episode on leveraging positivity and making friends with negativity and having some self-compassion around it so that you can struggle well using the science and art of positive psychology. Thank you guys so much for joining me and I have an awesome episode ready for you next week as well. I can't wait to share it with you. If you like this podcast, that's like personal training for your mind. You've got to come over to my website at andreasadel.com where I take all these books I highlight, coach, and summarize the contents in my unconventional book and coaching club. Let's face it, no one is sunshine and butterflies all the time, but we can make happiness a lifestyle. So I want to invite you to sign up at my website for my freebies and giveaways so that you can start each week positively. Finally, don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to, download and write a review because they really help grow the show. 